uh, we're glad you're here. Special shout outs to, uh, to Cameron and to Natalie for their thoughts this morning and communion and contribution. Uh, we're so thrilled uh, to have you and see the, the young students share their hearts and share their convictions and sh share so vulnerably. So thank you, Cameron. Thank you, Natalie. Uh, we're so grateful for you to remind us of God's goodness, uh, his sacrifice, and his, his unquenching love for us. Amen. So we have uh, we've been going through a series down in the NRV on the spiritual disciplines. And up here in Roanoke, we've been going through the narratives on wilderness and exile. And we're going to take a break from, from both of those themes this morning uh, and jump into a familiar text over in Philippians chapter 3. But before we jump there... I do, uh, since this is the first time we're all together in 2021, I do want to update uh, the church a little bit as to, you know, we look at 2020 and we look at all that uh, transpired and there were a lot of uh, terrible things and uh, that happened in 2020 and have rolled right into 2021. But uh, as God's people, we're always in need of the reminder that, that God is working and God often works in the times where we look out and we, we don't see anything but a wasteland. We don't see anything but difficulty and, and, and detrimental realities to sometimes our faith and, and, and sometimes to our lives, uh, physically and, and emotionally. But it's, it's good for our hearts to always look up and lift our eyes to God and to recall and remember the good things. So I shared this with the Roanoke region a couple weeks ago, and it's great to have all, all of us together to share some of these. But some of the highlights of 2020, and by no means is this, uh, is this exhaustive by any stretch, but as a church, we did have nine baptisms and restorations, nine uh, new members of the Roanoke Valley Church, nine baby Christians, or actually eight baby Christians and one restoration welcoming back in our brother, uh, Chris Medley, a few weeks ago. is it, phenomenal because that was a two-year journey uh, for Chris and, and, and so many more years for a lot of the young folks and uh, people here in, in the Roanoke area that were baptized this year. You know, in the midst of a pandemic, we helped and supported and aided a new church planting up in Lynchburg, and we have a new region that's uh, planted you guys in the NRV, and both of this in a pandemic. You know, we have our college students that went back to, uh, to college in the fall of 2020, the first generation to go to school in a pandemic, and all the ups and downs, and, you know, hats off to our campus students who have who have persevered, and that's putting it lightly, uh, through, the, the, through the pandemic and online classes and, and venturing into class and, and being distant and being away from home and kind of just being plopped there uh, into Blacksburg and Radford in these, un, in these tumultuous and uncertain times. And to come out of that faithful and to come out, that, come out of that persevering in your faith and, uh, and with greater conviction is, is amazing. And that's a gift. You know, we've uh, seen graduates in 2020 go off and support our fellowships all over the world and all over the country, and they're doing well, and our pillars and support in the new churches in which they're, they're in. That's awesome. Uh, we've seen people get raises, new jobs. Uh, Bruce Anamore published three or four papers uh, as, a, as a, a medical doctor here uh, this year. Again, just, you know, publishing papers. Uh, no big deal, but that, that's going on, and Bruce is too modest to tell you, so I'll, I'll tell you, and that's, that's awesome. You know, we had, uh, we had lots of marriages this year. You know, we talked about uh, our, our, I think it was four, four marriages this year, uh, and again, the, the men of those marriages were, again, uh, converted in, in, the, in the Roanoke Valley churches, and now uh, married uh, women that, uh, that grew up in our fellowships were, were faithful from the team ministry and in the campus ministry and young professionals ministries. 
and and to see God work through all of that. I think we had the most marriages uh, in in any church in Virginia and any church in the ACR. I don't know. I just want to say that, but it's really encouraging uh, to see all of that. And the last time we were going, we were all together. Uh, we we didn't we we weren't all together, but uh, Mark and Shelby uh, got married. So you know, gotta throw up a picture of uh, the whoop. Yeah, that's better. You don't want to look at me. Uh, the beautiful Mark and Shelby Koenigs. And that's exciting. And I, I, I just gush over both of them. Um, but my, especially my boy Mark, because he was the first one uh, to graduate here from Virginia Tech and faithfully stay in Blacksburg and take a job where he had a myriad of opportunities all over uh, the, the East Coast and, and uh, in, the, in Midlands, all, all over the country. But he stayed here in Blacksburg with the dream that there would be a thriving young professionals ministry here. And that's, that's happening. Uh, and it's so exciting to see them uh, married here uh, just before Christmas, which was super exciting to see. You know, we, we mentioned that we had lots of babies. Baby Henry, after the Hirschmans have been praying and fasting and, and, uh, and staying faithful and, and clinging to God to see uh, them have their first child, to see Henry, Henry born, man, what a victory. And uh, if 2020, you know, couldn't have been any more sweeter, we had a baby born on Christmas Day. And I mentioned that Jacqueline Renee Bamber uh, was born on, on Christmas Day. And you know what? Got to throw up a photo of, 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 uh, of baby Jack here. So there she is. I mean, come on. It, it doesn't get any cuter than that. And that's, that's baby Jack, Jacqueline Renee Bamber, born on Christmas Day. And that's awesome. And then, uh, you know what? We'll claim it for 2020. Uh, because we have a great brother up in Boston named Mike, who's been dating our, our wonderful sister here in the fellowship, Brianna Yule, who uh, was converted down to Virginia Tech, stayed, stayed faithful through college years, stayed here in Roanoke, uh, is now a teacher in, in Floyd County. Uh, and she is, is, is an incredible disciple, loving, faithful, persevering. And we love Brianna so, 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 so very much. And uh, the really good news is that Mike drove down from Boston on Friday night, unbeknownst to Brianna, to propose to her to be his uh, to be his wife, and we celebrated them yesterday uh, through a little social distance celebration up there on Mill Mountain, taking pictures together. But uh, Mike and Brianna are engaged, and here's a photo. Uh, and again, I, I could zoom in on that ring. You uh, you don't really need to. It's awesome. But congratulations to Mike and Brianna and their engagements. We pray for you and a great engagement and a great a great marriage upcoming. But these are some of the things that God has done and is doing, and uh, that's that's just a little that's just a little dip in in in, in the pot of all that God has done, and uh, we could spend all Sunday morning uh, reflecting on the good things that God has done in 2020. Well, we got to preach the word, and I thought that might soften our hearts a little bit to see what God has done and what He's doing as uh, as we really launch into 2021. Um, I do want to draw our attention draw attention over to, to Philippians chapter three. We are going to be looking at a familiar passage this morning. Uh, and again, my, my encouragement to us this morning is that God wants to, wants to grab our attention. He's constantly looking to press us. And what I mean by press us is he wants to take hold of us. And once we know he's taken hold of us, we can take hold of him. And we can take hold of all the things that God wants for us and his world moving forward. So in 2021, we know New Year's resolutions are, are phenomenal. And you know what? By the 10th, sad to say, some of us have already blown our New Year's resolutions or resolution and whatever that might be. You know, no candy, no gummy bears. I've had that resolution for probably 
I'm going on like 10 years. Uh, I have not had any gummy bears in 2021. So, amen. Uh, I'm going for it. But, but anyway, a resolution that I believe God always wants, not just when the calendar flips and we add an extra number to the end of a year, but always and every single day and every opportunity that we have is that God wants us to, to understand his hold on us and for us to take hold of the things that he wants us to take hold in. So without further ado, Philippians chapter 3, starting in verse 7, we're going to learn from Paul this morning, and we're going to look back at, at, the, at the prophet I, uh, Jeremiah and look at some of the things he shared, and I'll have those texts up there for you this morning. But here we go in Philippians chapter 3, starting in verse 7. You can follow along here. It says, But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I might gain Christ and be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of His resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. That's a great passage, and I think many of us are very familiar with that. And it comes from a prison epistle where, where Paul's actually kind of waxing, not so much poetic, but kind of out of his mind boasting to prove a point that, that he's got it going on. In verses 1 through 6, it's him just saying, you know what? I have every reason. I have every reason to think I'm something. I've got every reason, every, every example, every opportunity, every upbringing, every privilege to look at and say, you know what, I've, I've, I've made it. I've gotten a hold of this. I've, I've taken a hold of what people value. I've actually found the, the, the super thing that, that makes me super. And I believe that Paul's not alone in, in the mentality that the world's grasping to have something, to take hold of something, to focus on something and to have it in focus, and to, to, grap, to grapple with it, and to hold on to it, to make themselves something. You know, it could be a relationship. It, it could be a, a thinner waistline. It could be a, a more full hairline. It could be a, a diploma. It could be a new job. It could be a raise. It could be better health. It, it could be fewer gummy bears. It could be anything. It, 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 on and on and on it goes. And Paul tells us here that, you know what? Everything in his society, his, his, his Jewish society, check every box, man. I've got it all going on. I've got it all going on and a bag of chips. That's who Paul is saying, but it's nothing. It's nothing in comparison to actually taking hold of Christ, of knowing God. And that's simply my one and only point, I got some practicals and some, some sub points this morning. But my hope and my prayer for the RVC as we're all together is that the RVC this year 
is that our greatest desire, our number one focus, our, our, our race, our prize, the one thing that all of us in community, in unison, are running after, pressing onto, is to know God, is to know Him, and to share in Him together. All of us pressing on towards the goal, knowing Christ and His ways, knowing Him, becoming like Him, doing what Christ does. And for that to be enough for us. Because I believe God has been working through 2020 and really all of our lives, disappointments, unfortunate events, ridiculous events like we saw Wednesday, you know, exposing our nation at every turn. And praise God for all of that. I pray is, is helping us be laser focused on knowing Christ, on Him, and us walking in His ways and becoming like Him, being the best thing we've got. You know, you think about laser focus, you think about a, a magnifying glass, maybe as you were a kid, hopefully you didn't torture the ants too much. But the difference between a laser and a light bulb, you know, a light bulb, it, it, it spreads out everywhere. And, and the rays in which, or the, the, the energy in which it puts out is kind of disseminated all over the place, and it's not, it's not super strong. And again, the sun all over the place, and maybe that's a little bit better of an example, but then you put a magnifying glass, it zeroes in on one area, and it takes, takes all of that energy, and it just zeroes in on one spot. And we've seen that, what it can do to an ant, or what it can do to a leaf, or a piece of paper, or, or to even your hand. It just zeroes in, and it, and it burns. It makes a difference. It makes an impact. It changes things. It can literally change. This is the form of something. <laughs> from, a, from a liquid to a gas, or from a solid to a gas, it can change the elements of the world by having a laser focus. Paul here says, I've got a laser focus. My, la my laser focus is knowing God. It's knowing Christ. It's being like Him and doing what He does. And my prayer this morning is that that is the best thing we've got. You know, the, the word here for... The, the Greek word here for really surpassing the, the surpassing worth is this Greek word hyperecho, which literally what, what it translates into, and Paul is so, so, so scholarly, but what this really translates into is I've got a super thing. I've got a super thing. You know, this is a scholarly man. This is a, this is a learned man telling the church in Philippi, I've got a super thing. You know, it sounds so childlike. It's like my little boy running in like, dad, check out this super thing I've got. And his, his world is just shaped by, by this new toy, by this new discovery. My daughter is definitely that way as we go about nature, go on hikes, go down to the river. She'll hang on to everything. Bottle caps, uh, pieces of plastic, you know, sticks and stones and, and certain leaves. She loves it. And I love it too because she'll come and it, everything's like, oh, this is, oh, it's so beautiful. And I love that kind of like, oh, this is my super thing. And what Paul is saying to all of us, Jesus and knowing him is my super thing. It's the thing that I want to, to focus on more than ever. Because you know the thing you value the most. Don't you look at it the most? Don't you check on it the most? Don't you put all your most of your energy, if not all your energy, into that? I mean, we should. And that's usually a good indication of where our focus is. It, 
what our greatest goals are or what our greatest gift is, is we tend to focus on it. The most valuable thing, your super thing. You know, what's your super thing? Is it knowing God? Is your greatest quest, your greatest focus, your laser focus, knowing God and becoming more like Him? Paul says, man, I've got it going on. And this, everything I've got is garbage. Pales in comparison to knowing God and sharing in His sufferings, walking like Him, being formed in Him. And I thought for myself, man, I don't know if Jesus is my super thing. I don't know the idea of of Him and becoming like Him and taking all my energy to knowing Him really is my super thing. I can't say in my heart that's that's super exciting. That's that's got all my attention. That I, that I'm like my daughter when she finds a new treasure as we take walks, like it's a showstopper. It stops her in her tracks, and she's got to show everybody. I don't know if that's my heart. I'm not sure if that's your heart. But I know this morning, I believe. That's what we want our hearts to be. And there's a way to have God be our super thing. To have that be the thing that we we love most. And Paul gives us a little bit of insight as to how we can do that this morning. And how we can do that as we move forward. Not just in 2021, but always in our quest moving forward. There's a passage here that I want to share with you in, in, in Jeremiah chapter 9. You know, about boasting. And Paul says, I, bo- I can boast about all this stuff, but... Jeremiah says, let the one who boasts, boast about this, that they have the understanding to know me, to know God, that I am the Lord who exercises kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth. What's Jeremiah saying? You know, you can boast about all this kind of stuff. You can boast about, you know, your job. You can boast about relationship. You can boast about your health. You can boast about your hairline. You can boast about your kids. You can boast about your, your, your lawn, your, your car, your truck, your tools, your adventure, your family photos, your vacation pics, your, your accomplishments. And Jeremiah gives us insight and says, you know what? The wise person, the person who's really, really wise, boasts that he knows God. That the greatest boast is that we know God and that we have an opportunity to know him. You know, it's, it's humbling to me because I think knowing God, yeah, it's kind of old hat or yeah, that's cool. But Jeremiah says, man, it's everything. It's your super thing. Knowing God and having the opportunity to know him is huge, is huge. But what about you? What about you? Is it your super thing? Is it something that you want to, as Paul says, man, press on, press on to knowing that laser focus, putting all your energy into knowing God. Paul tells us that here. You know, the truth is, what motivates Paul to have Christ be his super thing, to have it be his, his laser focus, to have to be, to be the thing that he's willing to give up everything, that gives him perspective, that everything he's got is nothing compared to knowing God. It says here in verse 9, that he was found in him not having a righteousness of his own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ. You know, what was it? And what is it? That's meant to motivate us to make Christ our most valuable thing. To have it be the thing that gives us perspective on all the disappointments that we will face in 2021 and the ones that we're still grappling with from 2020 and years in the past. You know, disappointments give us a window into our souls. You know, what makes you angry is a window to your heart and what you value. What makes you sad 
like the rich young ruler when his face fell after Jesus told him to call to give up his prized possession and follow him. It says that his face fell. He got sad. What makes you sad shows us where our value is. What makes us angry shows us what our super things are. Now, I'm not saying if you're, you ever get angry, okay, that, that's something that's more important than Jesus. Again, we looked at Jeremiah 9. There's, there's kindness, there's patience, there's, there's justice in God's character. God gets angry. God gets sad. doesn't make the things, those circumstances more important than, than, than his character. But it does give us insight. And I would encourage us to understand that when we recognize the greatest thing given to us, the righteousness that comes from Christ, that is meant to give us perspective and have all other great things that I've listed. All those things are great. Gives us perspective as to what's the most valuable thing we've got. And if it's not Jesus, church, we will go from one disappointment to the other. We will go from one heartache to the other, and that will consume us. It will become the greatest thing. It will become the thing that, that, that shapes us, the thing that is our prize. I appreciate what Natalie shared. I was jotting some of that stuff down because the reality is she was saying, you know, I, I, I fall in love with Jesus. And I have a great, great quiet time. I'm making fun of her. I found myself, oh, my goodness, I'm there almost every day where, oh, my goodness, God, it's, it's incredible. And then the next moment, I'm consumed with thoughts of myself and my own vanity and my own, you know, where do I stack up in the world and comparing myself to others and, you know, building my own house rather than building the kingdom of God, getting consumed with the worries of the world and thinking, oh my goodness, how do I go from there to here? And it can consume me. And these, these ups and downs can consume me and the, the challenges of life can overwhelm me. You know, what happened on Wednesday was overwhelming. And honestly, for all of us, it was, it was shocking and disgusting and alarming and, and, for my, my brothers and sisters of color, it's like, yeah, the, the hypocrisy was, was so loud. And it was heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. And while those things matter to God, and while God is angry and upset with that as well, it's not meant to consume us. It's not to become our, our quest. It's not to become the most important thing in our lives in that moment. It's meant to point us and give us direction and mold us to press on towards what is the most valuable in Jesus and knowing him. But it's that gift of righteousness. It's the gift that when God looks at us, if you're a disciple of Jesus, when God looks at you, he doesn't see your failures. He doesn't see your past. He sees Christ. And it's a foreign righteousness. It's something gifted to us. It's your new identity. It's who you are in Christ. And it's it's taking the time, church. We don't have time to get into it all now, but it's taking the time in your day as community to delve into that truth, to delve into that opportunity that those of you who aren't disciples yet have, that your identity and you can actually be righteous. You can be right before God, not because of your merit or anything else you've done, but because of who God is and what he's done for you through the cross. And Paul pressed on to that which has taken hold of him. Moving forward here, for us to really make this our super thing, it does start with appreciating your righteousness. Not yours, but the righteousness that was gifted to you by God. Verse 12 shows us that Paul is never done with this. That he's pressing on towards that goal. 
And this idea of pressing on also shows up in, in, in the language where Paul says uh, he actually persecuted the church of Christ when he was actually on his way in Damascus to persecute the Christians before uh, he, God intervened on the road to Damascus. That same word, press and persecute, is the same Greek word. And you can go back and forth. But the truth is, is that Paul pressed. He was pressing towards something. Really, what he thought was right. And now he's saying that same energy that I pressed on to persecute the church, now I'm pressing on to take hold of that which has taken hold of me. That energy, that, oh, that laser focus is now his goal. His goal is to take hold of what has taken hold of him. That righteousness that took hold of him, he presses on to take hold of it. You know what? We're not motivated. We're not motivated to make Jesus our super thing if we don't appreciate the righteousness that's given us. And in the same breath, we're not motivated to make Jesus the same thing or the, the super thing if we don't understand how Christ has taken hold of us. How he's pressed to take hold of you and me. The truth is, and we read about this in communion and, and shared about this, the truth is, is that Christ loved us when we were sinners. Christ takes the first step. Christ's patience and perseverance continues to be the reality for all of us. And as we deeply appreciate him pressing on to take hold of you and to take hold of me, that in turn motivates us to keep pressing on towards the goal of knowing him. Knowing that Jesus has broke into the world. He has lived a perfect life and a righteous life that God has orchestrated time and space to get your attention has to sober us and melt our hearts to let that sweetness go all the way to the bottom of our hearts no matter what bitterness and sourness is in our world that sweetness penetrates and remains at the depths of our hearts so that we can understand you know what no matter what's going on i've got this god i've got the creator of the universe who has pressed and broken through all barriers to take hold of me as John 17 says, and Jesus prays that we would know him, that God interrupts everything with the goal to take hold of you. Does that move you? Does that inspire you? You know, we can get so moved by having someone to hold and having taking hold of a job or taking hold of your future or taking hold of your retirement or taking hold of your health this year or, or taking hold of disciplines this year or taking hold of you, you know, new year, new me. Church, let's, let's desire to take hold of what God has done in our lives and to appreciate how he's taking hold of us. You know, that motivation causes Paul to strain towards that goal, to forget what's behind and to press on towards the goal for which God has called him. To press on the goal to have that laser focus this year of knowing God. You know, we're going to need that. We're going to need moments where we're going to be straining in 2021. We're going to be straining, we're going to be squinting our eyes to really zero in despite all the distractions. We're going to have to press. We're going to have to lean in and make sure that the, the world around us doesn't push us back and turn our heads back. Straining is not this lackadaisical walk in knowing God. If you're straining 
to know and make Jesus your super thing, guys, it's going to take intentionality. It's going to take effort. It's going to take God's spirit. You're allowing God's spirit to mold you and to shape you and to challenge you and expose you this year. You know, church, if we're going to make Jesus the, the super thing, guys, we've got to be blown away by his righteousness that he wants to give to us and has given to us. We've got to be have our hearts melted that Jesus and God have done everything to give us the opportunity to see that he's taken hold of us so that we can take hold of him. And lastly, to understand that to press to this year to take hold, to have that laser focus, it's going to take pressing and straining and striving. It's going to be difficult. There will be disappointments. There will be hardships. There will be distractions, pains, aches. But the process of knowing God, sharing in his sufferings, being being like him, it's our super thing. And it's going to take intentionality. It's going to take times with God. It's going to take times with one another. It's going to take times where you're crying out. You're fasting. You're praying. It's going to take times where you sit down with God. You sit down with someone else and you're just gut level honest about how you're really doing. About what's really going on in your lives. To those out there who aren't disciples or you're joining us this morning. It's going to take the, it's going to take the courage to, to reach out and say, hey, I'm, I'm joining online. I'd love to get together and, and connect and get to know and jump in a Bible study and get to know God. We're here for that. Because we know what God has done for us. That he continues to take hold of us. My encourage to us is to let that resonate deeply in our hearts as we move into the new year. You know, we're moving forward in 2021. As a staff, we're working together to really see and pray and fast what God is what God is telling us and where he wants us to go in 2021. And we're, we're, we're figuring that out. And we're going to launch into a new focus coming up next Sunday. And we're excited about that. But the truth is, any theme, any focus, any word, any buzzword, any cliche, it's nothing if we don't make Jesus our, knowing Jesus, our super thing. So what is your super thing? What makes you sad? What makes you angry? What makes you happy? Might give you insight into your super thing. What makes you proud? Paul said, I had all these things, but it's garbage in comparison to knowing Christ. Knowing Christ becomes our super thing when we know his righteousness when we know that he's done all things to take hold of us, those two things motivate us now as a church to just revel in that, but then get ready to strive, get ready to press, get ready to work to know him. It's going to take effort. It's going to take pushing through challenges. We've got everything we need in Jesus to get us there. I'm excited about us, the church, knowing God more than ever, becoming more like him more than ever, sharing in his joys and his will and his sufferings more than ever this year that's our goal that's our super thing that's our laser focus as a church meditate and share and come up with practicals as to how that will be true for you this year we love you thank you for joining with us this morning we pray you have a great sunday hang tight here for some announcements and again some opportunities for fellowship and connection here in the Roanoke Valley church we love you thanks for joining us Oh, 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 oh,